Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Before we get started with another great edition of the Duke Rosslyn podcast, I do want to let you know, Zencaster.com. That's right, Zencaster.com. They are, without a doubt, my favorite website to head over to for all of these great conversations that you hear on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. Superior quality and sound. Also, they have a great uh, video option as well if you need to record your videos. But the best part about it is the files are all split separately into MP3s. So you can edit them separately, you can put them together, do whatever you got to do. The main idea is Zencaster. Zencaster.com, that's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. For all of your podcasting, video conferencing, even if you just wanted to uh, have a great conversation with your loved ones, all your needs there online for communication, Zencaster has you covered. That's right. Hey guys, this is Big Vito LaGrasso. I hope everybody's having a fabulous day. We got a brand new show, Bright Side of the Ring. I want to promote the brighter side of wrestling, all the good things happening. But guys, you got to catch it on patreon.com slash big B mafia. Starts at just a dollar a month. It's probably some of the greatest content you're ever going to see. It's a brand new show and it's coming to you from Big B Mafia. Hello out there in TV land. Wait a minute. It's radio. No, it's a podcast. Catch my new podcast, Everything is a Gimmick with Brad Shepard. We're going to take an in-depth look at behind-the-dirt-sheet scenes and all the headlines. And what me and Brad are going to do, we're going to look for the real truth. Nothing but the truth. So help us God. Every Tuesday on Patreon.com slash Big B Mafia. It starts at a dollar a month, guys. You got to come. You got to see it to believe it. Brad Shepard, Big B Come and see us now. Check it out. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than... Your host... I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. MLW, they are really making a, a name for themselves. The wrestling industry is being put on notice. They've, they've taken two of their top stars. They put them in the main event. We're talking about a collision course that is, you know, well over a year in the making. And it culminates at their event, Fightland. Vice TV is going to be airing a one-hour special related to Fightland, and, and they're going to be featuring the main event, which is going to be Hammerstone challenging the MLW world champion Jacob Fatu. And everybody knows how I feel about this. So there's no games being played here. I am strictly on the Jacob Fatu side of the aisle. Now, full disclosure, the event has already happened. Uh, it was It was taped. So what you see on Thursday is going to be the recording of what happened there. And I wasn't able to make it, but I reached out to a friend of the show and he agreed to be there to take in all the action. And he also covered it. 
which was great. The only problem that I have with this guy is that he did not make it clear that he was team Jacob Fatu. So we're going to talk about this for a second here uh, with our friend from Foundation Radio Podcast, the one, the only, Mr. Adam B. What's going on there, Adam? Duke Bennett, sir, how are you? Thank you so much for having me back on the program. It's always a pleasure to get to chat with you. Um, And I refuse still to acknowledge Jacob Fatu. Um, I do enough acknowledgement of the actual leader and tribal chief, Roman Reigns, which it is, by the way, friends, it's 7, 11 p.m. As we're recording this, have you acknowledged your tribal chief? Uh, no, but I was Team Hammerstone, man. Team Hammerstone all the way. And uh, I will continue to be that way. I know that um, you're a young guy. So <laughs> did you ever play the the NES video game pro wrestling? Did you ever play that? I Yes, I did. At one point in my okay. life, I did play that game. Okay, so there's a character in that game known as King Slender, okay? He's got his little golden locks. (laughs) He thinks he's hot stuff. He's the big shot. He's the golden boy. And I'm telling you right now, Hammerstone is King Slender. He thinks he's hot stuff. He thinks he's the best thing going. And that's why I want to see Jacob Fatu crush his pretty little face, okay? (laughs) I'll tell you, man, I left a believer in both Hammerstone and Jacob Fatu, not to say that I wasn't a believer before this event, before Fightland uh, happened, but man, what a, what an incredible and action packed main event uh, that the event was. And we'll get into it, but I, I, I mean, those guys are just, I mean, they, they really pushed the pedal to the limit and it was absolutely incredible. Well, and that's the thing that I I find interesting because you and I, we made such a great team. And I want to thank you uh, legitimately on behalf of the entire pro wrestling universe here because you, without a doubt, were the lead live reporter for MLW Fightland. Now, you were careful not to give up any spoilers, but you kept everybody up to speed with what was going on. You you had great photos. You know, you had some some video in the beginning and and really you just allowed people to understand that this was a, a place to be you know the atmosphere was strong and it, and it was a it was a scene it was definitely a scene there thank you for that because I, I know that that couldn't have been easy for you to be covering this event and I mean it's the technological age so of course we can communicate with each other but phones have batteries <laughs> and batteries die so you know <laughs> I, I don't even know how you're able to pull that off all night man well, you know what, Duke, and I got I to gotta thank you as well, man. I, and as always, I think we make an incredible uh, team. We're the dynamic duo of the pro wrestling podcasting world. Um, and I, I appreciate your feedback. I, I really enjoyed covering this event um, for MLW and for Duke Loves Wrestling and for Foundation Radio. Um, I was able to I actually got there like super early and I was able to get a great parking spot right in front of the ECW arena. Um, and I have a really fabulous car charger. So I was able to like dip in and out as things were coming up and I was able to get some juice on my phone uh, as things were coming. But I'll tell you, man, uh, one thing I love and one thing I missed so much about pro wrestling and live events is just the atmosphere, you know, during the pandemic when everything was shut down and things were just so weird and, and it got like really kind of crazy and chaotic for a while in everybody's lives. But coming back to to live events. I'll tell you, man, that this MLW crowd was electric. It was white hot. 
Um, everybody was just excited. I think that was the one thing I really took away from the event is that there was just a lot of excitement in the air. Obviously, when you're in a Philadelphia scene, you know, you're always going to get some crazies. You're always going to get some wild stuff. You know, bad, as they say, bad things happen in Philadelphia, but only good things happen in Philadelphia during this MLW event um, for Fightland. And, and you know, I, I wanted to make sure I tried as best as I could to capture the excitement to capture the emotion, to capture the energy that was in the building that day. And uh, I think I did a pretty good job. And I, I like I said, I got I appreciate your your feedback. Um, and I, I was happy to to assist as as best as I could. Um, but boy, like <laughs> I can't express enough, man. It was it was a uh, it was an incredible show uh, front to back. Well, you know what, what I found really cool was the fact that you were able to link up with a couple of friends of the show. And, you know, really build even relationships further. I mean, we have folks like Marie Shadows and also Candace Cordelia, who is with Pro Wrestling Illustrated. So the, the three of you, you know, you, you took a, a group photo, which was really cool. But the fact that you were able to meet up with other content creators and you all were unified and enjoying this event and really supporting one another and what have you, that's just really cool to see. And I think when it comes to content creation, and especially in the pro wrestling space, which can be so uh, competitive and so petty, unfortunately, it was really cool to see the three of you support each other throughout the night and beyond. Um, what's What did that feel like, man, to, to be able to show up at that event and already have people that you were familiar with and that you could you know, hang out with and, and kind of bounce off of and things like that? Honestly, it was uh, it was really quite incredible, man. Um, it was really cool because this is, you know, full disclosure. This is the the first time that I've met like Candace Cordelia and Marie Shadows in person. And I also got to give a shout out to Dominic D'Angelo from WrestleZone.com uh, and also part of the MLW family. I actually met him for the first time uh, at this event as well. I didn't know he was going to be there, but it was all love seeing everybody. Um, it's so nice to be able to actually like you know, meet these people in person that I've interacted with and interfaced with just on social media. Um, it's really cool to feel like you're part of something. I know a lot of wrestling media, we've talked about this a lot, a lot of, a lot of wrestling media and just like the IWC in general can feel very exclusionary. It can feel very, I don't know what the right phrase is, boys club. It can feel very, um, you know, like a gatekeeper. And I don't really like that in any kind of venue. Um, as I've always said too, you know, I'm not just wrestling. I'm, I'm, I'm everything. I do a little bit of everything. Uh, but I don't like the idea of gatekeeping. I don't like the idea of keeping people out for the purposes of keeping people out, especially if they're producing content and they're producing good content. And it was amazing to get to link up and really get to pick the brain of Candace Cordelia and really like create a bond with her. I really we spent a lot of time. We went actually we grabbed some food over at Silk City between the event, between some of the, the media scrums and the press stuff. And we got a really got time to sit and, and really get to know each other. And that was a lot of fun. And we got to sit in the same row as as Marie during the show. Um, so, yeah, it was it was excellent to feel that sense of community that I've been looking for that I feel like you and I have sort of virtually, you know, and this um, this world that we've created together, this sort of um, this enterprise we've connected with all these people. Uh, it was really cool, man. It was a really it was a really cool experience. Well, and, and that's the point. I mean, pro wrestling is supposed to be that it is supposed to be community. And I think a lot of people take that for granted, especially when they are in a position where they've met people that they connect with and what have you. It's almost like they don't want anybody else to come in. Like you said, the gatekeeping and what have you. And that's unfortunate because 
when you have open hands instead of closed fists, it's amazing what you can build together. You know, I, I was looking at your photos and I noticed the blue meanie was in the background. And this is somebody who you had recently connected with. You, you've been guest hosting on on his show and doing some great things there. I know that I think you had already met him um, fairly recently at another event. But the point is still the point. You are spreading positivity throughout the community building great relationships. You're running into some of the same people. You're running into people that you're interacting with online. And it's just positive. It's just cool. We can support each other. We don't have to backstab each other. We don't have to act as if we can't be nice to each other and what have you. And then ultimately what ends up happening is we compliment each other, you know, because you find that, hey, you know, there are things that you're doing that Candace is not doing. There are things that Candace is not doing that you're doing. So, it's a compliment as opposed to a competition, which makes it awesome, you know? So it, it was really cool to see that at, at Fightland. And again, kudos to you and, and kudos to everybody else there in that regard, because building community is what it should be about. And I think that for that next generation of wrestling fan, like, you know, the kids in your home right there, your kids there, who wants to be part of a club that you're going to feel marginalized and not accepted and and mistreated and what have you. Nobody wants to be part of that. If pro wrestling is going to continue to survive beyond us, we need to make it as inclusive as possible. And what you guys, what you folks, you you and, and the ladies and, and, and everybody else who, who was involved there, what you showed, and really you were the person who documented it best, um, you showed that pro wrestling can be inclusive, that it can be community oriented and that we all can get along basically. And that, again, I just tip my hat to you, man. That, that was really, really special. And that was probably my favorite aspect of the coverage, just the community uh, piece of it there, which was great. Um, the, the other thing that I noticed, and I'm going to tell the world this, and I know that, you know, the, the person I'm going to bring up is listening because we, we had a brief conversation about you. Um, Holiday. Here is a young lady who is the most terrifying woman in wrestling. And, you know, I let her know. I said, listen, Adam worked so hard covering this event and he really gave you uh, your kudos. And I, I think you should appear on his show, Foundation Radio. You know, do me a favor and, and, and link up with Adam when you get a chance. And she said to me, <laughs> and I quote, he better have coffee. So, Adam B., <laughs> do you have Holiday's coffee? Because she is not even going to acknowledge you without it. She's a big coffee fan. Now, here's the funny part, though. She doesn't know much about coffee. She just knows that she, she'll drink any kind of coffee because she just likes coffee. Um, she drinks coffee. She drinks water. And occasionally, she'll have a glass of wine. That's it. That's all she drinks. So are, are you going to get with the program and make sure you have Holiday's coffee? 110% absolutely. I have a cabinet full of coffee that I have yet to crack. I have um, some gift boxes of La Colombe coffee uh, that have been sitting in my cabinet that have remained sealed uh, over the year. 
Uh, so I have a lot of variety. I have a lot of flavor. Obviously, if you've never had Wawa coffee before, you're missing out completely. So I have a cabinet full of that as well. So Holiday, I have plenty of coffee for you to enjoy when you come by on Foundation Radio. And we will enjoy several cups together while we talk. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. I would love to have Holiday on the show. She is absolutely terrifying um, in the best way. Uh, that was one of the she was one of the uh, one of the main features that stuck out to me about this show, her performance, her character work, her um, engagement with the crowd. I mean, she is the total package and it's rare to see someone that you almost you, you know right away that this person's going to be a big star. You know that this person has a trajectory that's going to be that's going to far extend where she where she even maybe even believes that she's at now. Holiday has every aspect and every feature of what you would be looking for, for what you would call a next generation star. And I, and I, I firmly believe that after watching her perform and, and watching her wrestle in the ring um, with Nicole Savoy, uh, you know, this past week, I think both of them are just incredible, but Holiday, I was just completely, I was, I was uh, engaged with her. I was uh, like captivated by her in the ring. And I think she's absolutely incredible. Um, so yes, absolutely holiday to go back to your question, Duke. Yes. I, uh, I will have as much coffee as she will need to come onto the show. So just let me know uh, say the word and I'll put the, I'll put the coffee pot on. When it comes to the Duke, you know, folks, I will seal the deal. It's called closing. I will close. Okay. Uh, Adam B <laughs> has what Harvey, holiday needs. Holiday has what Adam B needs. Let's put it together here, folks. That's what we're here to do. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So once again, we are talking about uh, MLW Fightland. And if you were not there live like Adam B was, you can catch it on Vice TV this Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, directly after Dark Side of the Ring. They're doing a one hour TV special. You are guaranteed to see the main event. We're going to find out who the double champion is in MLW. Jacob Fatu versus Hammerstone. Major stuff here, too. The brightest stars in all of pro wrestling. I know that they're going to be showing some other things as well. Hopefully, they'll show Holiday and Nicole Savoy and a few of the other great matches that happened on the card for sure. Adam B., why don't you let everybody know, how can they check out Foundation Radio and everything you have going on, bro? Absolutely, Duke. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely make sure you check out um, MLW Fightland, um, Vice TV this Thursday coming up. Uh, you can find me on social media. My Instagram and my Twitter handles are the same. It's at this is Goober. Uh, Foundation Radio is my podcast. And again, like I said, I'm not just wrestling. I'm everything. So you can come and check us out over at foundationradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at FND Radio Pod. Uh, and you can find all the updates there. You can find all the show clippings and all the all the video clips and the, the, the full episodes are going to be there. Um, I also have video episodes with my conversations with Eric Bischoff and Diamond Dallas Page are all live on our YouTube channel, which is linked through foundationradio.net as well. Um, so you can find us all there and, fi- and follow me um, for watch Duke and I go back and forth on all of our fun things. Uh, Duke. Like I said, man, always a pleasure to be on the show. Always a pleasure to be involved, uh, you know, with our conglomerate uh, and our folks that we have put together here. Um, like I wanted to touch touch real quick again before I, I wrap up here about something that you said was about feeling as a part of a community. Um, yes, 
Absolutely. I think, I think one of the ways that this business survives is with the sense of community. I feel like it's become far too, I don't want to say tribal because that seems to be the buzzword of the day for everyone, the tribalism and the tribalistic nature of wrestling. But honestly, when the people who are calling it, who people who seem to be calling it uh, tribalistic and, and the, the tribalism are the ones who are like uh, promoting that and, and really throwing that into the universe. There's absolutely no reason we all can't coexist together uh, and work together. Uh, you know, we may not agree with everything. Duke and I disagree uh, pretty often, um, especially in regards to the Kanye West Drake conversation we had recently. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I can say that I consider Duke Bennett a mentor and a friend. Uh, and I would never there would never be a time where I wouldn't have a seat at the table for him in anything that I do. That's whether it's pro wrestling related or any other avenue or enterprise that I decide I want to get into. And I think, you know, like I said, with Candace and Marie and, and Dominic and any, everybody else that we've met uh, through our travels, Josh Chernoff, all these folks that we work with. I mean, it's, it's everyone's the, the thing is, is everyone's working. Everyone's uh, going for the same goal. Everyone's trying to achieve the same thing. They're trying to bring you quality content analysis, uh, conversations uh, in our in this this thing that we love, and I think it's really important to build that sense of community because, as someone who was bullied pretty much through my entire schooling years, the one thing I hated the most was people telling me that I I, I wasn't allowed to be a part of it or that I wasn't allowed to be involved in something that I like and being able to do all these things and being able to be involved with all these people is, is, is extremely important for me. Um, and, and building that community is, is, is an absolute paramount. Uh, it's absolutely paramount for us, uh, to survive. So, uh, Duke, I, I just want to say thank you for your, your, uh, feedback and your analysis on my coverage. Uh, again, you can follow all my coverage. I have it pinned to the top of my, um, my Twitter page at this is goober. You can go and find out all that, including my gripings on the traffic on I 76 at the beginning of the feed. Uh, Duke, always a pleasure, man. Really cool conversation there with Adam B. from Foundation Radio. Once again, thank you, my friend. You know, he was, he was at Fightland. He was at Fightland, and all of those live tweets really assisted in, in getting the word out about this incredible event. And that's exactly why you definitely want to check it out. You know, Thursday, the 7th of October, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Vice TV. Okay, so... If you have it on your cable systems or what have you, please check it out on Vice TV, MLW Fightland. You can also follow along as people are reacting to the event. Um, use the hashtag MLW. Also use the hashtag Fightland, but use them together. You know, don't just use one without the other. Use them both and you'll be able to follow along. No two ways about it because I know people are going to be talking about it tonight. It's, it's interesting what they're going to do. They are going to air the Hammerstone versus Jacob Fatu World's Championship match. And they're also going to do some sort of news segment. And from what I understand, Raj Giri of Wrestling Inc., you know, he's a friend of the show, somebody that I give a hard time to as often as I can as well. But Raj Giri from Wrestling Inc. is part of some sort of news presentation that is part of this Fightland show that's going to be happening. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, October 7th, Thursday. So that's actually today as, as we air this. Um, Vice TV. MLW is doing some interesting things. They're doing some interesting things. I, I was on their conference call and Corp Bauer, who is the main man over there, he talked about a lot of stuff, you know, having a, a women's league, as he called it. 
so literally an all-women's wrestling promotion. He talked about um, really focusing on a news show that doesn't just cover MLW news, but covers news from all over wrestling. And certainly MLW as its own entity, uh, they're in the podcasting game. And they've been in the podcasting game for a number of years. So when it comes to understanding how to cover pro wrestling from a media standpoint, uh, they, they definitely know what to do. There's no two ways about that. So it'll be interesting to see some of the things that they do. You know, and, and look, I grew up on Gro- Global Wrestling Federation, okay? Joe Petticino, Bonnie Blackstone, who's still a good friend of mine there. Uh, as a kid, I used to watch Global on ESPN. And part of their show was wrestling news from all over the wrestling landscape, so to speak. So this isn't anything new that MLW will be doing, but it's their own version, a more modern version of what our friends over at Global Wrestling Federation were doing in the early 90s. And I think that's that's interesting. I think that's very interesting. I will say this, though. Don't sacrifice your own product for what you think will give you attention in the short term. Yeah, it might be interesting to talk about what's happening in WWE, but everybody's doing that. And I don't think fans are having a difficult time finding content, finding talking heads to to share their opinion on what's happening in the wrestling world. And I'm going to be frank. I'm not going to be tuning into MLW to listen to what you or anybody that you have on have to say about other wrestling promotions. If I want to know about other wrestling promotions, then I will watch their programs or I will have their talent on my show or I will have fans of those promotions on my show or listen to shows that, you know, are geared towards that. But for something that is owned by MLW to want to delve into other wrestling programs when TV time in particular is is so precious and so difficult to get. I don't know about that. I think that's a bad idea. And I know I'm probably going to get some heat from some people. Oh, my God, he's burying MLW now. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm burying that idea because I think it's a bad idea. Earth to MLW. It's a bad idea. You know, it's a great idea. Jacob Fatu versus Hammerstone. You know, it's a great idea. Having a women's league, although I will say, you know, just because you have a women's league, that doesn't mean that you are going to not carry women's wrestling on your 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 flagship show. That can't be. <laughs> that can't be. So I'll put that out there as well. But you, you have some of the best young and up-and-coming talents in wrestling. And 90% of them, according to Court Bauer, are under contract. So, again, I'm not interested in hearing... Raj Geary and God knows who else, uh, 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 Dave Meltzer or me or anybody else, Brad Shepard, who, you know, uh, uh, Candice Cordelia, Marie Shadows. I'm not interested in, in tuning in to an MLW TV show about wrestling news. No, <laughs> not going to do that. I'll tune into MLW to watch MLW wrestling, though. Absolutely. I'll do that like I've been doing online. So, you know, sometimes I think we, our ambitions get in the way of what ultimately makes the most sense, right? 
And hey, listen, I'm guilty of that too. With this show, anyone who's been listening to this show for since the beginning, and we're, we're coming close to six years now, there's been some changes that have happened through the years, right? Certainly. And one of the things that I had to realize after really talking to you, the listeners, you want to hear original content and you want to hear the interviews. You know, you folks like when I, I bring people on the show and, and listen to them and, and question them and, and create narratives with them about their experiences personally. And there's just not enough shows that that's their focus. Everybody wants the world to know their opinion on wrestling. And I think that sometimes the mistake that we make is assuming that we're so interesting that anyone cares about our opinion on wrestling. People really don't care (laughs) about some talking heads opinion on pro wrestling because the market is saturated. So that's not going to get you to to any kind of dance and, and, and be sustainable long term. Now, if you were a wrestler and you were successful, then, yeah, people are going to listen to that to a certain degree. Because certainly we've seen a lot of wrestlers come and go with podcasts and things of that nature. But for the most part, you got to offer something that other people aren't offering. And that's how you stand out. You know, with Duke Loves Wrestling, whether it was the Boston bad boy and and the banter that he and I would have in the beginning years, or whether it's been, you know, for the past three, four years, whether it's been the the degree of in-depth interviews, you know, people revealing things that they don't normally reveal anywhere else and really, really getting to the heart of who these, these figures are in pro wrestling or talking to fans from all over the world about fandom in their countries, their different nations, you know, people that you may not hear from, you know, often. Um, that's really what set us apart in the marketplace. And, and that's, hey, listen, I had to listen to you. You folks told me what you preferred to hear more of, and I got rid of the other stuff. That's why you don't really hear my my pro wrestling analysis in, in any kind of major detail too often these days, because, you know, people can follow me online for that. But with this show, it's about going to the newsmakers themselves or going to the people who have personal experiences themselves and letting them drive the the bus, so to speak, and give you something that you're not going to get elsewhere. That's what this is all about. And I think with MLW, the way that they present pro wrestling, it, it reminds me of a real sport. And there are so many other companies that want to claim that they have a sport-like feel. But no, MLW actually has a sport-like feel. I don't want to hear about news from other promotions. I want to see MLW. (laughs) So just give me that. And I'm talking directly to you, Court Bauer. Just give me that. Okay? I hope and I pray that um, Fightland tonight is successful. I certainly will be contributing my viewership and hopefully, you know, some network, hello, Vice TV, some network will make a real commitment to MLW because that that just would be wonderful. We, we, we don't want a situation where we have less places for top-notch pro wrestling athletes to work. We need more places. And certainly MLW, you know, they're talented enough to really become a top three promotion. 
because I don't know what's going on with with the direction of, of places like Impact. I don't know what they're doing. They're all over the place. They let their own champion get buried by the champion of another company. So that's it's like, what do you do with that? Right. And now even the guy who's a champion now, he's not even under contract with Impact. He's under contract with, with AEW. Christian, what do you do with that? So, you know, and then, you know, Ring of Honor, they're still trying to figure themselves out. Who knows if they ever will. So MLW, there's, there's an opportunity there. And there's a void that needs to be filled. NWA, they will never recover from, from the nonsense that they went through. It, will, it won't happen. People are fed up with them. They're done. Trust me. So MLW has an opportunity here. But you're not going to get there with some program about news about other promotions. I'm not, I don't go to WWE to learn about New Japan. Like, what? <laughs> like I'm not going to do that. It's just, so just, you know, focus your messaging, folks, because you, you have great content and you have a, a, a library of great content that can be leaned on and utilized properly. And I want that to be the fact here. Again, I'm not burying MLW. I'm just telling you they're trying to do things they got no business trying to do. That's just the truth of it. When in reality, people are very interested in Jacob Fatu. People are very interested in, in, in Hammerstone. People are very interested in Holiday. People have, you know, I can go down the list, the sea stars. People are very interested in, in the folks that MLW has to offer. So don't mess this up. Don't don't get too cute and overthink it and mess this up. That's my soapbox there. But again, I, you know, Fightland tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's on Vice TV. Definitely check it out, please. It's right after Dark Side of the Ring. Can't miss it. Hopefully, it'll be on demand as well. That would be nice, you know, for those who unfortunately won't be home to watch it tonight. At least they can see it. That would be nice. I think the talent deserves that, right? That would be nice. So good stuff there. Once again, Adam B. and everybody else who continues to positively contribute to the, the wrestling ecosystem. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Speaking of which, WoW Superheroes, they just came out with a big announcement. They signed a deal with uh, CBS, CBS Viacom, who not only do they own the regular main CBS TV station, but, you know, they have cable networks, they have streaming apps. You know, there's a lot that CBS Viacom has going on here. So, WoW Superheroes just signed with them. And I don't even know if they're going to still call themselves WoW Superheroes. The way that they've been referring to themselves now is just WoW. So, it's just women of wrestling until further notice. And they're referring to their their wrestlers as superheroes, just like WWE will refer to their wrestlers as superstars. So, you know, I don't know if there's a branding and marketing reason why they're dropping the superheroes, it looks like, but that's what's happening. So kudos to WoW. I mean, you know, anyone who listens to Duke Loves Wrestling, you know, I'm as big of a supporter of WoW superheroes as anyone ever. This podcast has interviewed more wow superheroes than any other podcast in the, on the planet as wow superheroes they you you may have interviewed all of those talents but representing wow especially during wow seasons nobody else got more than duke loves wrestling and the reason for that is because we are dedicated to 
continuing to shine a, a beautiful light on the great work of the great talents that WoW Superheroes continues to feature. It's good stuff. And shout out to David McLean. You know, he was the, the guy who created Glow, you know, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And now he, and he created WoW as well. And shout out to Jeannie Buss. She is the owner of WoW. She's also the owner of the, the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers of the NBA. So, you know, they definitely have some, some great backing. Now, the way it's going to go, WoW's content will be on CBS streaming networks at the end of this month, I believe. And going forward, the new season, the next season of WoW has its own separate product matches you've never seen before that will be coming in the fall of 2022 so i guess between now and then they'll be doing some training and then they'll be doing some recording of seasons and things of that nature which is great very excited about that what i'm not excited about and what i'm very disappointed in is the fact that they have through their marketing they have really, really focused on presenting Tessa Blanchard as the face of WoW. I mean, really doing that. And I got a problem with that. I got a real problem with that. And, and let me explain why. Tessa Blanchard, without a doubt, is one of the best wrestlers I have ever seen. She is just an incredible wrestler. And I know some people are going to take issue with me saying that because they can't separate their personal concerns with the way that Tessa has conducted herself with the actual in-ring work, but I can do that. And certainly she's, she's top notch, man. I just, I'm so impressed with her in-ring ability. She has put on some solid matches, especially, you know, when you look back to, I don't know, everything from 2016 to say 2018, she was firing on all cylinders, man. Solid stuff. Solid stuff. But there are some issues. The most glaring issue is the fact that Tessa Blanchard spit on La Rosa Negra and called her the N-word. That's what's been reported by eyewitnesses. That's what's been reported by La Rosa Negra herself. And I know that Tessa has denied that this has happened. And... You know, I think that that's a just in retrospect was a bad move. It's it's hard to to listen to La Rosa Negra describe what happened and listen to others describe what happened, and then take a look at Tessa's denials and and not walk away and say, you know something, this seems like it happened. <laughs> it's hard not to feel that way, right? So it's disappointing that Tessa continues to try to act as if all is well. And here's here's really the, the troubling aspect of it. La Rosa Negra initially would not go public with what happened. And the reason why is because she was afraid she was going to be blackballed from the industry. And sure enough, it happened. As Tessa's continued to receive chance after chance and be in locker rooms in which she's been called out for the negativity that she spread in these locker rooms, La Rosa Negra has not had the same types of opportunities. Despite the fact that you can't find anyone who's going to say anything negative about La Rosa Negra, 
pretty positive woman, pretty beloved. But because she's had this problem with Tessa, which included La Rosa, from what I understand, and this is according to La Rosa, include La Rosa smacking Tessa around for, for spitting on her and calling the N-word. Um, you know, La Rosa has not, her career has not gone where it should have go, gone for someone as talented as she is and someone who is beloved as she is. And that's a disappointment. Now, while Superheroes has this major thing going on and they're taking a a significant risk, significant risk, pushing someone like Tessa Blanchard as a face, especially considering the fact that she's not even your champion. The champion is the Beast, who is a black woman, by the way. The WoW Superheroes champion or WoW champion, whatever they want to call themselves today, is the Beast. And I saw her at the press conference, which was, you know, aired on Entertainment Tonight and all this other good stuff here. The Beast was there, but it was, it's been pretty clear through the marketing and everything that Tessa is the person that they're pushing. That is their, their media darling, so to speak. And I don't get it. So even the optics of that, you're, you're talking about tone deafness happening with the WoW folks. And I, and I say that with love because I got nothing but love for WoW. But you're wrong on this. And I don't think you realize the extent this is going to come back to bite you. See, here's here's what's what's happening. Go look in the comments of anyone's coverage of WoW's big announcement that they signed with CBS. And you see a multitude of comments about Tessa and racism and what she did to La Rosa Negra. This isn't going away. Because Tessa's never apologized. And to date, who knows if she's even atoned for what she's what she's done wrong. Let me re- reiterate this point. She's never apologized directly to La Rosa Negra. And she's never put out a public apology for what she's done. And I know somebody's going to say, well, you know, she said she didn't do it. So that's why she's not apologizing. I mean, there's just too many people who have given firsthand accounts who were there. Too many people who have heard firsthand accounts from people who were there. And La Rosa Negra's detail, it's just. And then when you couple that with the the complaints in other locker rooms and what have you about the way that Tessa has treated her peers, I mean, just let's just stop. Let's stop the crap here. And let's get straight. There is there is no I have no doubt that this happened. Okay, I have no doubt. And, and here's the part that, that is frustrating. And you got all of these brilliant, literally a billionaire in the room. And you can't give decent guidance to this young lady about how she should proceed regarding this issue. She needs to apologize. And she needs to, you know, acknowledge the fact that she made a major mistake that Maybe this was outside of her character and this was a, you know, a combination of being young and competitive. Uh, This is the result of being around people who think it's okay for her to use that type of language. So in the the heat of a moment of a disagreement that flew out of her mouth. Like there's a way to apologize for this. And here's the funny part. 
I think for the most part, people want to forgive her. I think people for the most part want to forgive her. I don't, I don't know anyone, especially La Rosa Negra, by the way, who was saying, listen, you know, Tessa Blanchard could never wrestle again. This is it. I, that's not the energy that I hear out there. I don't think anyone wants to, to rid Tessa Blanchard from the wrestling industry. What we, what we need for the, the health and safety of the industry and those within it is for people like Tessa, including Tessa, to own up to what has happened in the past and to, you know, do the right thing and make sure it never happens again. And there's, conver- there's room for those types of conversations. So, so here's what I'm going to say here. You know, Tessa's welcome to come on the Duke Loves Rousing podcast. That's not something that I've ever rolled out necessarily before, but I'll roll it out now. She's welcome to come on Duke Loves Rousing podcast. Um, and we can talk about this. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, there's, no, there's no kid gloves on this. I'm not going to play games on this. Because this isn't a situation in which no one's ever heard from Tessa on the moment. In fact, on, on the issue, in fact, we hear more <laughs> in all these ridiculous articles. We see more of what Tessa has to say than we do of what La Rosa Negra has to say. Look at look at the wow announcement and how wrestling media has covered this, including Wrestling Inc., who I'm very disappointed in because they did a feature with La Rosa Negra earlier this year where she relayed exactly what happened. And they wouldn't even reference a single thing that La Rosa Negra said in that article, in the article that they that they wrote about WOW and highlighted the fact that Tessa is part of it. It's ridiculous. Raj Geary, I am so embarrassed by the way that that publication has conducted itself. And I don't know what's going on with you lately, bro. It's like you chose the, you chose the, the red pill and you've just gone in a different direction. And this is not the Raj Geary and the quality of work that I know that you and that publication normally does. So just understand, I'm not happy with with any of that. And you know this, you know, still love and respect, but you, you ain't going the right way lately, brother. And it's, it's disappointing to see. Um, but, you know, Wrestling Inc. blew it on that. Fan sided. Fan sided with this Raphael guy who wrote an article in which he quoted Tessa Blanchard and he talked about Allison Kay and Chelsea. He talked about the two of them bringing up what Tessa did to La Rosa Negra, but he never actually quoted La Rosa Negra. Never spoke to La Rosa Negra, never took the time to even clearly to Google <laughs> and get some quotes from, from the three Interviews that she's done where she's gone in depth. She did one with with Thunder Rosa on YouTube. That was all in Spanish. She did one here on Duke Loves Wrestling, which is everywhere, by the way. And there are articles written about that. And then she did one with Wrestling Inc. earlier this year. It's not hard to find quotes from La Rosa Negra on this issue. So I was very disappointed in Raphael from, from Fanside. And I let him know I was disappointed in that article. And instead of, you know, responding like a like an adult, considering the fact that he wrote it and it's public, he he, he went the other way. Oh, well, I'm not I'm not even going to validate this. Okay, 
I don't know what's going on with, with, with these folks who claim to be wrestling media these days. Here, here's what I'll say to all of you. <laughs> you you put something out in public, you better stand on it. And, it. and it absolutely will be scrutinized and called out. And no, I don't owe you an inbox or a text or a call when I see complete nonsense coming out of you. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to call you out publicly. And here's why. When you put out something that actually is just and it's okay and it's quality of work, I'm one of those people that calls you out for that publicly. I don't just do that privately. So don't think for one second that if I can put you over publicly, I'm not going to call you out publicly. It doesn't work like that. And here's the thing. When I when I call it out, I'm calling out the, the, the quality of work. I'm being very specific about the work. I don't know any of you guys personally, per se. So I'm not going to attack you as a human being. I'm just going to tell you that I'm disappointed in, in what you did in, in, as far as the, that work is concerned. And if again, if you can't stand firm on it, something's wrong. Raphael, he, he, he tucked his, his, his tail, it seems like, and ran away instead of engaging on that. And you don't need to talk to me, but you need to talk to La Rosa Negra. The fact that you never went to her and got a quote from her lets me know again. Your, your whole motivation for writing that article is suspect. I'm talking about the quality of the work. It, it, it In retrospect, it looked like it was some kind of fluff piece. You wanted to pretend to point out the issue without actually addressing the issue. And that was wrong. So, you know. But this is this is what happens again. You, a lot of you are, are contributing to silence in the voice of this this woman who legitimately is a survivor of the abuse. Who the hell wants to be spit on and called a racial slur? Are you kidding me? You think that's OK? And then on top of that, the one thing that you've dedicated your whole life to gets essentially reduced. You know that you're as talented as anybody else out there, especially those on TV. You're not getting those opportunities because you have this issue with this person whose family has a history in the industry and you know, powerful people in the industry that dates back over 50 years. That's interesting. So so while Tessa can, gets the, the press circuit on, on entertainment tonight and she's going to be featured as the cornerstone of this new show on CBS She's getting all of these accolades. La Rosa Negra, she's still on the indie scene doing what she can. And thank goodness, you know, there's there's a, a fantastic promotion like Mission Pro Wrestling, which she's earned the championship there. And she has been putting on some fantastic matches at Mission Pro. But La Rosa Negra should be on TV every week. And it's an embarrassment that she's not. So... This is what happens, folks. And for anyone who, who take issue with anything I have to say, I just want to remind you of something or tell you for the first time if you're new here. <laughs> Duke Loves Wrestling is about activism. Now, whether I, I bring on wrestlers from the past that maybe history has forgotten about and, and especially their contributions to the industry, whether I bring on, you know, kids who are, are just getting out of wrestling school and they're about to have their first major match or that I bring on anybody else in between. 
this show's about activism. I, I'm elevating the voices of those whose voices deserve to be elevated. Sexism, racism, LGBTQ+, addiction, PTSD, CTE. Those are the, the topics that get covered here. Bullying, right? And I take a lot of hits. But you know something? I stay consistent. That's what we cover here. We shine a light on what the heck's going on. So for anyone who has an issue with what I have to say throughout this entire episode, good for you. But this is what we do here. Just so you know. So I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to end this episode with 15 minutes of my conversation with La Rosa Negra in which, and I, and I just, I cut this part in particular, and this is the second time I've done this, but it's important. She outlines exactly what happened in Japan between her and Tessa. So there's no confusion here, folks. And again, if Tessa wants to come on, and she wants to explain what, what happened from her perspective. I'm okay with that. And I and I will be nothing but respectful, as I am to every guest. You know, this isn't a I gotcha situation. And quite frankly, look, I I don't want a, a wrestling world that doesn't include a Tessa Blanchard. That's not what I want. But I want a wrestling world that's healthy for everybody. And when you know what's healthy for everybody? A wrestling world that that highlights people like La Rosa Negra, who, who have worked hard and have busted their butts and who don't have all of the advantages. They don't have the, the, the family pedigree that gives them opportunities that maybe others will never get. <laughs> right. People who have been spit on and called the N word and marginalized and what have you, but they haven't given up and they're still out there chasing their dreams. That's a healthy industry. When you elevate the voices of people like that. So, you know, we got to get to the heart of this. And I'm going to I'm just going to say this again. While superheroes, Jeannie Buss, David McClain, shame on you. Shame on you for not addressing this. Shame on you for not doing more about finding a way to actually bring resolution to this issue. Shame on you. And I know that this is going to upset some people. I and mean, maybe some people say, you know what? Don't allow the, the superheroes to go on Duke's show. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? What do you want me to do here? I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to pretend that, that calling people the N-word and spitting on them is okay. And I'm not going to pretend that you putting a full marketing campaign behind this lady who's done this and hasn't atoned for it. I'm not going to pretend like that's okay because it's not. And I'm speaking confidently about what happened because we have witnesses and we, and we had somebody come on this show and, and outline what happened. And Tessa has put out information on her on her side. So I, you know, I put it all together. And I think the picture is pretty clear. If I was serving on a jury, I wouldn't be confused about what the verdict is, Your Honor. But there's room. There's room for atonement and there's room for somehow getting past this. And it starts with an apology directly to the person who's been affected the most by this. It starts with that. And then there needs to be a public apology. And then there needs to be some type of information about what you've done since then to ensure that that never happens again. And then we, we see where it goes. It's not rocket science. 
So why the hell are you making this so difficult? I'm going to end this episode with La Rosa Negra detailing what happened in Japan. I won't even say another word after that. Her voice really needs to be the voice that you hear. So be kind to yourselves and be kind to others, folks. Do not ever stop doing the right thing, speaking up and speaking out, especially on issues that need to be addressed. There's far too many of you who are buckling under the pressure of people who don't want you to call out things that are wrong in this world. You folks keep buckling to the pressure and I, and I just don't get it because here's what you got to understand. Eventually it'll be your turn too. the more you allow these things to happen to others. You set yourself up or someone either you or someone you love are going to be on the receiving end of some of these issues too. It's okay to stand up for others and to say, Hey, enough is enough. That ain't right. We got to do something about this. Make sure you're offering solutions in as many places as you can, but at the same time, speak up and speak out. Stop tucking your tail between your legs and acting as if, if you, you know, like you're afraid. (laughs) There's strength in numbers here. And I don't give a damn how many millions and billions and whatever. I don't care how many sports teams, how many TV contracts. I'm sure somebody's going to, you know, listen, I haven't been through it all, man. People have threatened. People have called, you know, some of the apps that that feature Duke Loves Wrestling. People have, have said they'll never, you know, have anyone come on my show again. I've been canceled. All of that stuff. All because I have spoken up and spoken out. But the the one thing you can always count on is I'm not going to stop. Because it's the right thing to do. And at some point you have to ask yourself, when are you going to do the right thing? Because if we care about this industry and we care about the people in it, then why aren't we advocating for them? You know, I I will say this. I've been following your career for a while, uh, LaRosa. You know, Albert, you can back me up on this. You have a fantastic reputation for being somebody who will be respected and if you're disrespected, you will deal with the problem right then and there. Oh, um, th- yes. <laughs> there, there is a, a pretty well-documented incident that happened uh, about three years ago on a ah. tour in Japan. Yeah. And, you know, the story is, and, I, and I'm going to ask you directly to, for clarification, but the story is uh, another wrestler, Tessa Blanchard, she called you a bunch of derogatory names including the N-word, she spit on you, there was an altercation, all kinds of craziness and what have you. Um, yeah. And, you know, since then, she's claimed that it's not true and it's all made up and all this crap. So I'm going to ask you directly once and for all here, Rosa Negra, and we have Albert here as our witness, we have our listeners as our witness. Did these things happen to you? Where Did Tessa Blanchard call you derogatory names and spit on you? What the hell happened? Mira, it's a verdad. La historia que se dijo en Twitter es real, Albert. So the story that you guys have read on Twitter, all of that is 100% true. 100% true. Okay, first of all, and I don't know why she does that. I didn't have problem with her before this accident happened. Not like that, you know, no, no. She was a person who really do not control herself when she acting like ignorante, como una niña, you know? Very ignorant and childish. Yes. So 
when she spit my face before she insult me and told me n words and more stuff because no one just the n word also you know what the problem wasn't like she spit my face or whatever word she told me the problem here was like in 2017 april you know like she she took the so plate she took of, she took a plate of food away from somebody you know and that is not fair because we we went to japan for experience for some reason you know and in my way i went to japan to demonstrate them i can do a lot of stuff because i have a lot of talent to show them you know japan was my my uh, my dream i was i was living my dream and she really lo descabronó. Uh, what I'm saying, like she. So, so basically, what she's saying is, is she took the the plate of food from her in the sense that she took that opportunity, she took that chance. And in the world of professional wrestling, Duke, you probably already know this, but in the world of professional wrestling, if a wrestler can't wrestle, they can't feed their own families. So, to to take that opportunity away from her, it's basically taking a plate of food right from her mouth. Yeah, and the form, like a she took it, was intense because not just with me she got a bad attitude she got too many ego ego and um <laughs> the first thing like i really <laughs> make me laugh in that moment is like oh before I say that um we live in like a five girls because that esto no sucedió en un show esto no sucedió en un show esto sucedió en el apartamento so this didn't actually happen at a show this actually happened at the apartment that the company was actually paying for and giving them to, to live in. I just telling you that because some uh, some people by messenger, my messenger just tell me weird shit. And that this not happen in a show, guys. That happened in a real life, in, in a real apartment where we stay in. I don't need to lie about something like that. I don't need to take advantage of this because that is not a good situation for take advantage for nothing and um when somebody says something about this situation this year in i think that was january or march i don't remember what what uh, when, when this came out but i know what this year in the beginning she still denied it so when she still denied it that is the point when i'm saying like i never talk about it but yo quiero ahora hacerlo you know? Yeah, it's just it, it's one of those things where that was the, the the straw that broke the camel's back, I guess you could say, is the fact that it's there's no acknowledgement, there's no apology. It happened, regardless of what everybody thinks or what everybody says. Mm -hmm. This instance happened, and the fact that she's not uh, acknowledging it, that's why Rosa's broken her silence on the incident in general. She's not looking for fame. Rosa's not looking for a payday. She's not looking for anything because there's really no advantage in this. So it was a bad situation. But what La Rosa Negra is looking for here is just an acknowledgement. That's all it is. At the end of the day, a simple, hey, this is what happened, I think would settle this beyond anything else. When the incident happened, some mutual friends of ours actually reached out to me um, because they knew this would be a safe place for you to come on and talk about it if you wanted to talk about it. And, yeah. and you and I, La Rosa, we actually spoke briefly about it. And you said to me directly, you said, you know what? I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to cause any problems. Yeah. I don't want to, you know what I mean? This is, this is not a good situation. I don't, it's, I just, I just want to forget about it. I want to leave it alone. And that's exactly what you did for a number of years. So I can, I can vouch yeah. for that. 
You yeah. you were not trying to shop this around or sell it or benefit from it at all. Yeah, yeah. Just like when that thing's coming out, let me tell you, I receive a lot of text message with other wrestlers. Like they felt what I feel in Japan. They felt what I uh, what I felt in Japan because they, como se dice, ellos también ellos también fueron insultados por ella. The reason that uh, she had so much support and people believing in, in La Rosa Negra is because they were also insulted by what happened. They were there. They witnessed it. They also felt what she felt, which basically gave her a lot of support in the locker room. But at the same time, it doesn't really help at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, but whatever. Um, I just want to be in the shoes of these girls and talking about it and say, okay, look, whatever happened to me in 2017 in Japan, I was done with it after that night. Why? Because I did whatever I did to done it and to make her respect me. When she spit my face, I just, <laughs> what do you think I did? <laughs> you know, mm. I will react. I think like almost the 85% of the people can't react about it. And if I punch her face, what? Because she disrespect me completely and she crossed the line and I can't let nobody spit my face like that. And also this is really funny because how her life running right now is around Latinos. And I remember when I was speaking Spanish with this Mexican girl at the apartment and she shut up us because we was speaking Spanish and she shut up us because she did not understand what we're saying. You know, and that was the most thing make me laugh right now. I want to know now why she did that thing in 2017. You know, some people say, ah, oh, but why you say this now? Blah, 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 blah. Because she denied it. She still denied it. Somebody told me, Rosa, she grows. She grows, she know what the problems. I said, okay, me too. That's not what my fault is that things came out. That was her fault, her attitude. Her shit, what she got. What happened with her? I don't know. What happened by her mind? I don't know. But she knows how she insult me. She knows she spit my face. And she knows what she does before. Now, if she still deny it, it's because she doesn't grow yet. She needs more experience. You know, because people who really are, como se dice, Madurar, maduro. Mature, yeah. mature, yeah. Mature, exactly. yes. When somebody uh -oh. is mature, they really, you know, they really put the feet in, in the ground, you know what I mean? And they say, yes, I did, I'm sorry, or something, whatever, you know? But she is like, she still denied whatever she does. And about me and other girls and blah, 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 you know, Albert. So, so Duke, I want to jump in here, and, and my purpose here was to help translate and to kind of help when she gets kind of passionate in her thoughts and things like that, but I also want to speak on her character because I have been in those locker rooms. I have seen the respect that they give this, this young lady, and, you know, you said it earlier. She's not looking for a payday. She's not looking to sell this to the highest bidder as a story to get fame and all that fun stuff. At oh. this moment in time, it's something that Rosa stands for through her entire career, and that's respect. At the end of the day, it's about respect. And if you don't have it, that means you don't really kind of belong in this business. Duke, you've probably experienced this yourself. Professional wrestlers, once you have their respect, you're family, you know? And we take that family very seriously. I take Rosa as my blood, 
we're not related, but she's my sister. And, you know, and, and all the women in that locker room feel the exact same way. So for her to be able to, or for her to speak out, it should show how extreme this issue actually is, how much it's actually affected her as a person, because A, yes. she's proud and she should affect be. Affect me, affect my family, affect my daughter, affect my pocket, affect my life. But you know what, Albert? I'm passed away, dude. I'm passed yeah. away. Why? Because we need to think about future. I can't stop just because she wants to me put the feet in my face and put me down. I would not let her do that. You know, I'm, she made me grow more than I was. So right now, I just want to tell you, I don't want to talk about her. Yeah, fuck her yet already. So I'm done with that. You know, so if she want to steal like that, it's okay. Bye. And um, I hope you're doing well. Uh, wishes, the best wishes for you. But I don't need her in my life. And I hope she, you know, she going with her life. And in the future, maybe God give her uh, illuminated and she will change her mind, you know? And I don't hate nobody at this point because after that night, I'm just like, let it go, forgive her. That does, if I forgive her, that doesn't mean I'm forgive whatever happened before. What I say forgive is like, you know, forgive. Like for me, she don't exist. A mí no me gustan los problemas. Yo soy una chica bien cool, bien llevadera, you know? So at the end of the day, Duke, really, honestly, the reason that she's even doing this interview for you is to, to let it to rest. It's just one of those things that everybody's talking about. Everybody's got different perspectives. Everybody's got different angles. You're hearing it from the source. But at the same time, at the end of this interview is where this story stays. She's done with it. She's grown from it. She's forgiven Tessa. Now it's time for Tessa to kind of grow up and mature, acknowledge what happened, and possibly even apologize. Something like that would be phenomenal. But at the end of the day, La Rosa Negra has moved on from that moment. She's healed from that moment. It's in the past. So this is probably the very last time that she's going to talk about it. I appreciate the fact that you've come on the show yeah. to, to set the record straight once and for all. And I'm going to tell you this on behalf of the fans. We have watched what's happened to you. Um, opportunities that you absolutely should have gotten. You should be on TV every week, Larosa Negra, because you are that goodness. damn good. You are that damn great. You are as talented as any woman wrestler, oh. as any wrestler in the world today that we watch on TV on a you weekly basis. You made me blush all the time. And, well, it's true. And, and I think that it's, it's terrible that because of politics and because of bull crap, because people have big names, it has gotten in the way of your opportunity in the short term but you have shown the world that if you stay true to yourself, you keep your belief in God, you stay a good person, it will work out in the end. And that's why you can stand in front of everybody today, the Mission Pro Wrestling Women's Champion, one of the hottest promotions in the world today, and everybody still wants to know what's up with La Rosa Negra. So we appreciate you so much, so much. Thank you so much. And also, let me tell you, Duke, I want to take some minutes to tell all my fans, um, I want to apologize to everybody in all my social pages and everybody to follow me. I want to apologize because I didn't say nothing 2017, all right? But it's because I'm not a drama queen. I'm not a drama thing, you know? And um, I just want to respect companies. I want to respect um, wrestlers who was there you know, too, because 
we we was more Besides. restless at the at the apartment. I want to apologize to that wrestler too because I can't take the control after she spit my face. That was really terrible for me. But whatever. Um, I just want to apologize and because I say nothing, and I want to apologize to other wrestler. Like I, I just be quiet for a long time, but that doesn't mean uh, it because I doesn't care. That was mean, like I, I was concerned. I was a little bit depressed about losing job, about losing, you know, things what I need, like losing my passion for the, for the business, you know? But now nobody will stop me. Nothing situation like that or whatever situations happen, um, I learned just thinking in the solution, not thinking of the problem. You know what I mean? That, that what I'm doing all these three years, like I was um, in Puerto Rico because I was in Puerto Rico after 2018. I was, I, I, I'm here in Puerto Rico without wrestling, just I'm a personal trainer, um, checking my daughter her second year of college and um, working now with Mission Pro Wrestling. <laughs> This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.